Are you sick and tired of your life and relationships being so difficult, resulting in that endless frustrating cycle of directing, correcting, and ordering the people in it, ultimately draining you of your happiness? So how are people like you and I, who care and are willing to invest in our relationships, people who are willing to take ownership of our behaviors and actions, how are we able to make the changes necessary to create intentional relationships? Well, that is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Lindsay K. Porter, and welcome to Enlightened Relationships. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. I am so excited to be with you today and to share some more information around demand love relationships and give love relationships. So if you didn't catch last week's episode, you will want to listen to that first before diving into today's content with me. Okay. So I'm going to quickly do a brief recap on last week, but this week we're going to focus on how to break the cycle of demand love relationships. So I'm going to get into the how to, because I'm sure a lot of you guys are like, well, how do I stop doing this? Because I know I was one of those people as well. So I'm going to share with you some um, ways in which you can do that. But last week we talked about demand love relationship and give love relationship and really what those differences. So what is demand love relationship? It is to get love from someone or something else. You're really focused on what you can get from someone or something else. Like that's the focus. It's external to you. You think you have to find it from someone outside of you, right? Something external to you. Whereas give love relationship is knowing that love is something you have access to that you give and feel within you. It's something you create inside of you. And so we really got to slow down what is going on between the ears in our mind to understand the dynamic of what is going on and how we're viewing the relationships and the interactions that we have with the people in our life that we love. Okay. So I'm going to quickly recap demand, love relationship. And and I want to, because truly I have a belief that this is the majority of how all of us show up in our relationships because it's mostly what is modeled. Okay. So demand love relationship looks like seeking approval and love from someone else based on what you say, do, and behave. Okay. We're looking for how can I get someone to feel a certain way based on what actions I'm taking. We're trying to manipulate someone else's emotional response to us. A lot of that, we see that with children. Sometimes that continues to go on in adulthood and it looks something like people-pleasing. Here's the other thing. We focus on the shoulds and shouldn'ts. It's the expectations. We focus on what is fair and not fair. We're measuring whether or not people are pulling their weight or how do I get them to, or I need them to do this. Like all of that is coming from demand love relationship. And we talked about some of the attributes. So, so look at last week's episode. If you're like, what is Lindsay talking about? Okay. Cause today I want to focus in on how to break the cycle of demand love. And all of this is going to come by slowing it down in our mind. And I'm going to give you some questions that I really want you to ask yourself. Okay. And get curious about what is going on inside of you. Okay. So here it is. How do you break the cycle? 
you want to identify what am I feeling? Like in this moment, I'm, I'm feeling this, what most often is going to be a downward spiral emotion. What is it that I'm feeling? Is it anger? Is it frustration? Is it rage? Is it disappointment? Is it victimhood, right? Being helpless or hopeless, whatever that is for you. Identify the feeling that it is that you're feeling in that moment. What am I feeling? Now, once you've identified it, you want to identify the associated demand love thought. What are you thinking? Because remember, our feelings come from the thoughts that we have. We create our feeling based on the thoughts that we have, not what someone is or isn't doing. If we can slow it down, we're going to see that we have a thought. It's so fun to do this with my kids because they they truly think, especially my five-year-old right now, if his older sister does a funny look, kind of mean, he's like, ah, she's so mean to me, stop. Like that's the direction that they go in. And that's all demand love relationship and very brains are still developing natural, normal. I don't make it wrong, but I do like to get a little curious with him and I'll ask him questions. What are you feeling? Like I'm feeling mad. I'm angry. What is the thought that you're thinking? And immediately it goes to the external person. It's this, um, one of my children's names, Aubrey, Aubrey's mean. Like that's the thought that he has, right? He's going outside. And so because she's being, what he's perceiving is being mean, I'm going to be angry. So look at the thought that you're having. What is the thought that's creating the feeling? Are you noticing any of those thoughts of, you know, the shoulds and shouldn'ts? How do I get them to? If he or she loved me, then this, the if thens right? Or um, here's another sneaky one. When my spouse does this, or when my child does this, then I'll do this. All of those come from that demand, love, relationship. And there might be, and I'm not going to sit here and be in judgment of anyone that's stuck in these cycles because you guys, I was in the cycle. There are times in my day I still show up, especially with my children. I notice it. So I don't want you to think it's wrong or it's bad or you shouldn't. Okay. Now we're laying on demand love with yourself. I just want to point it out because I've been there. So we're not going to go to that cycle. We're just going to get curious. We're not going to judge ourselves or judge those around us of how it is that they're showing up. We're just going to get curious about it. And here's how we get curious, because here's the thing. We need the energy of curiosity in order to loosen the grip that the thought, the belief, the story, the um, meanings that we're assigning anyone's words, actions, and behaviors. We got to loosen the grip that it has on us and start poking the holes that we need to loosen that grip. So here's some questions that I think are so powerful to, to get hold or to get leverage over the thought that we have or the belief that we have. Okay. And and let me just say this. If I haven't said this before, I truly believe that all of our beliefs come from a well-practiced thought. Sometimes the thought is so true to us that it becomes a part of who we are and we think it as a fact. It's just what it is. But I promise you, there's this thought pattern that has become so automatic that it's in the unconscious mind that we automatically respond this way. I can't tell you how often that was for me 
in my marriage and with my children. So I, I got to sometimes slow it down when I'm feeling an emotion on the downward spiral that I'm not wanting to experience with someone that I'm interacting with. And so I got to get curious. So here's some things. And, and in the moment, it's not the time to get curious. I promise. If you can slow it down, that's awesome. Totally do it. I've noticed that I've been able to do that in certain cert- situations and circumstances, but not always. Okay. So sometimes I have to do some of this thought work outside of the moment, you know, and I got to bring myself back to the moment and what I was feeling and what those thoughts were going on. But as you, you write down your thoughts, okay, you're looking and examining these thoughts. You want to get curious about it. Is it a hundred percent true? That's one of these questions that are so powerful. Is this a hundred percent true? Where is it not true? Okay. Look for it. Your brain likes to answer questions, you guys. So ask questions. Is it true that you would feel love if they did whatever it is you were wanting them to do? Who would you be if you didn't have that thought? How could you give it to yourself? If you really need this, how could you do it for yourself? How could you give it to you? Okay. I I know that these are high level questions and it's like, Oh, Lindsay, I don't, I'm not sure how to make this work for me. So I want to share an example, my life. You've heard me talk often on this podcast about how my husband's work has been a big trigger for me. Okay. So I'm going to go back to this working dynamic. My husband's work, he works in the medical field. He works long days, long hours, um, with patients, charting, running, um, ICU units, like all of it. Like he's such a busy man and it doesn't help that right now we're in the middle of a pandemic. And so his additional time that he has to spend at work starts stacking up and I start noticing, oh, that's an interesting thought that I'm having. Oh, I'm feeling a little upset by something or disappointed. But here's the thing. When I go back to six years ago in my marriage and my husband and his work patterns and practice, it was a big trigger for me. So if I were to slow this down and I could identify the feeling I'd have, it was anger because I promise you guys, anger was my set point. It was my emotional set point. It was the emotion that I experienced most often throughout my day. And so what I practiced so well is that I just started to show up in anger and I didn't see some of these other available emotions to me. Okay. And this is what I've learned is I skipped disappointment altogether. I didn't even know what disappointment was. I was like, nope, anger. (laughs) Like that's just where I went. And so now going six years now to where we are in the present moment, like disappointment is an emotion that I am pretty good at. (laughs) And it's so freeing and it's so wonderful when you can get good at an emotion that might show up on that downward spiral and not make it think like everything's gone wrong. The world's on fire. We got to figure this out because that's how I was showing up in my relationship. So let's go back to the example. Husband's late hours at the hospital. My feeling is anger. When I look at what demand love relationship thought I was having, it shows up in something like, he shouldn't spend all day at work. He should be home with his family having dinner. He should be able to put his kids to bed. And I want you guys to know, I I stressed his in the way I spoke it because that was truly my thought. Like if I was mad or angry, (laughs) all of a sudden my kids don't belong to me. They're all his. (laughs) I don't know if that works the same for you, but I noticed that in my thought, like I make it his kids because he's not around here to take care of them. That was the thought that I was going on. Here was another one. 
Oh, he must not care enough about me. He must not love me enough to make it home, to be home at this time that I had in my head is the time my husband should be home. Those were a lot of thoughts. I could examine each and every one of those. Now I want to go into the questions of curiosity. Okay. This is the step three that we do. We get curious. So the question is, is this a hundred percent true? Is it that my husband should be home at this particular time every day true? I want you guys to know the answer. Even six years, if I go back six years ago, it wasn't true for me then. No, I understand that my husband works at a hospital, that there are patient needs and cares that he might be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That he might be, that might tie him up, that might make his day longer, that there might be the charting, or my favorite is a code at the end of shift that is, and I forget what the code color is. Sorry. No, those who are medical listening to this, you're like, oh, it's code blue. Maybe it is blue. That would make sense to me. You know, where, where it's like all hands on deck, we got to get there. We're, we're saving a life and that happens. So was it true that he should be home at this particular time? No, it wasn't. And here's the second question that we ask ourselves: Is it true that I would feel love if he was home? And that is a big fat nope. Absolutely not. I wasn't going to feel love if my husband came home at that time because I was holding on to too much anger, too much evidence of what my husband should or shouldn't be doing, that I wasn't going to feel love if he showed up at that time. In fact, you guys, there were times where he would show up and I didn't feel love because he showed up at that time because I was holding on to anger. So here's the next question. Who would I be without this thought? Well, when I sat and I thought about it, who would I be? I would be less angry. I would probably snap less at my children. Maybe I would even enjoy the present moment with my children and be available to them because I was so focused on what my spouse should and shouldn't be doing that I couldn't even be present with my children in the opportunity that I had to have a meal with them for dinner. So this was like, who would I be without this thought? I'm like, I would be so much happier. I would be more free from what choices and decisions my husband was making and how I was allowing it to impact me. That is huge. That is huge. If you guys can get anything, examine who you would be without that thought. Examine it for you. And then the last question is, how can I give this to myself? I wanted to have this this wonderful dinner experience. So if I could give this to myself, I would no longer be miserable. I could show up at dinner time with my children, with my husband, if he was there and give more love to those around me, be more present, getting more curious around what's going on in my kid's day at school. And here's the other thing. It would be a treat. It would be such a wonderful experience when we had a meal all together. I would look forward to those opportunities. And I'm going to tell you most often on Sundays, that becomes the treat of the week because all of us are typically home. It's not very often that my husband goes in and works at the hospital on Sunday. There's times, yes, it has happened, but it's not the norm. It's not what's normal for him. So I get to look forward to this meal when I know my husband more often than not is going to be available and we get to experience a family meal together. Okay. It is a wonderful, blissful thing. And I look forward to my Sunday meals for that reason, but I don't dislike my meals Monday through Saturday 
I get to be present with my kids. And guess what? Sometimes my husband's there. Sometimes he's able to get out of um, the hospital and sometimes he's not. But I don't make it wrong anymore. And I'm not showing up miserable and in anger with my children and with myself and with my spouse because he is or isn't there. It is so freeing. And I get to enjoy this moment with my children in some of the fun things that it is that they get to share. And honestly, you guys, I'm at a point, truly, I am at a point where I can have compassion for my husband and what it is, this missed opportunity that he has to experience this with our children. I can have compassion, not make it wrong, but have compassion for him because he is working so hard. He is you know, providing for our family. He is doing what he needs to be doing in those moments. It is so freeing when we can get back into loosening the grip of the thought that we have in our own relationships. Your call to action this week is taking it a step further, you guys. It's being curious, going through those questions of what am I feeling right now? What thought is creating this feeling? And get curious around where is it true? Where is it not true? Is it 100% true? And and use those questions that I shared with you to really examine your thoughts. And I'm going to tell you, you guys, when you have a thought that you don't even notice as a thought, it is truth to you, it is fact, that's the sneaky stuff that sometimes you need another person to help you see it as a thought and not a fact. Sometimes you need the help. If that speaks to you and you're wanting some support in how to do this work with a coach, I'm raising my hand. I am happy to be your relationship coach. Go out to my site, schedule a call with me. Let's see if coaching is a right fit for you. I would love to support you in this because I promise you guys, that is my mission. This is why I'm doing this podcast. It is why I have my academy group that is available. And it's why I do one-on-one coaching for those that prefer that option as well. I want to help people create the marriage they desire and save their family and be able to save future generations from this pain. Because when we model the way relationship can be done, when we model how give love relationship can be done in our family, it starts making that ripple effect of change. That's why I do this. This is why I'm doing this. So if this is speaking to you and you want help, schedule a call with me. Go out to my site, lindsaykporter.com. Click the button in the top right corner, I believe it is, that's schedule a clarity call with me. I would love to get on a call with you to see if this is a good fit. I hope you all have a fabulous day and a rest of your week. Remember, this life is about progress, not perfection. Awareness is the first step to becoming. Join me next week as we continue to change the lenses through which you see your relationships while becoming enlightened. Thank you for listening to Enlightened Relationships. If you are enjoying what you're hearing, then please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast to help share this message with others.